Welcome to a special edition of Main Stage. It's our first anniversary. Time to look back at one year of great performances from the stage of San Francisco's Main Library. We'll see the authors, the poets, and the playwrights, the storytellers, and the photographers. And we'll hear music brought to our stage from four continents. We'll also meet some of the people that help bring the performances from the Corette Auditorium to your television screen. It's time to celebrate Main Stage Year One. It's selling on Mutanabe Street. Please help me welcome the ice truck. We had to have three cups of tea with each other. You know, they took away our rights. Doesn't anybody care? I had been on the river for seven days. Our first performance is one of our most popular online videos. The Shatash Daz Dance Company performs around the Bay Area and around the world, educating audiences about the culture of North India and the messages inside the movements of a Kodak dance.
only five years, the Lidquake Festival has established itself as the premier overview of San Francisco's lively literary scene. The week-long event draws 10,000 people into the city's bookstores, nightclubs, and of course, its libraries. Here in the Corette Auditorium, Lidquake hosted two days of readings, showcasing 50 writers from all walks of life. The event was like speed dating to find the next companion for your nightstand. I don't know what the hell to say. I'm paying this woman more than a hundred bucks an hour, and she's laughing at me. This should tick me off big time, but instead, somehow, it seems to put me at ease. Let me just make sure I'm following this one, Jackie says. You lost a guy you were tracking in your rearview mirror. Nine hours later, a junkie shows up in a gutter three blocks away, and now you're convinced you somehow did the guy in. Well, yeah, I, I guess it all sounds so stupid when she throws it back at me like this, and now I think I get what she's doing here, trying to make me recognize the absurdity of what I'm telling her. You don't really believe you killed that guy. I could have, I protest, still not ready to give up. Right, and his body bounced three blocks to a curb where it landed on a hypodermic needle and then mysteriously dragged another few feet just for good measure. Uh, I don't know. Jeff, this is OCD. My mother reached down and grabbed my hand. When I was your age, mija, only the rich girls had quinceañeras. I've dreamed of this day ever since the doctor told me you would be a little girl. She pinched my cheek. Everything will be fine. You'll see. I felt something tighten in my chest the way that I saw her gazing out at the party. But how could I say no? Okay, Mom, I knew I was going to regret this. Just promise me it'll be a small one. No, Brian, of course not. I understand democracy is people power. The people can choose whomever they want. But here's the thing, Brian. Our education system has been gutted. As our president loves to say, our children's isn't learning. <laughs> and people get their news from the same few news outlets owned by the same few corporations. So, Josh, are you saying you will believe in democracy once the people catch up to you? <laughs> of course not, Brian. You know me. I'm a mess. I'd never say that. Brian, I'm saying I'll believe in democracy when the people catch up to you. Because you, Brian, are a substantial person. And I don't understand how this happened. We started so similarly, Brian and I. I mean, the two of us, two East Coast Jews, both, both went to Princeton, both majored in politics, both studied under the same advisor, Sheldon S. Wolin, political theorist. Now, the same number of years have passed since then for the both of us. Here we stand, two same-age, middle-aged guys in our shared mutual neighborhood park in Berkeley, my son about the same age as his daughter. So why is it, Brian, that of the two of us, only one has become a grown-up? He was just on a date. You've had dates since you two broke up. What does that matter? I'm never getting married, Nora. I'm never going to have the meaning of life. She sank down to the ground, her back pressed against the glass. I sat down next to her. I could smell fabric softener. First of all, that's not true. But second of all, who says that's the meaning of life? It was a beautiful story, but if you actually think about it, it's kind of hokey. There's nothing hokey about loving someone with all your heart and having them love you the same way. And that's the thing, Nora. She welled up again. That's not how anyone has ever loved me. That's why they leave me. And then as soon as they do, they meet the love of their life. I'm everyone's good luck charm but mine. I didn't know what to say as she sobbed beside me. She was right. There was nothing hokey about a great love to span a lifetime. Every love struck couple staring into each other's eyes. Every loner occupied with a half-empty beer. 
Even the waitress with tired legs waiting for the end of her shift receives a visit from Juanito. Then, with bucket under his arm, he turns one last time to the faces above the steaming plates before he's out into the neon-lit street, leaving behind a trail of rose petals, dark as sacrificial hearts. If we killed you now, Hogzilla, if we took aim for your belly with our crossbow or laser sight and pulled a trigger or let a tipped arrow rip through the night air, there wouldn't be a story to tell. So while we lay and wait for you to appear, chewing our chaw and chewing the fat, lit up on beer, lit up on the last of the evening light, we'll harness you in speech, lasso you with language, and make you bleat like the common pig you were before all this celebrity. One of my favorite lines is this one that started the book. We're spending a lot of time studying inequalities in algebra right now, which makes sense, since who you're greater than and who you're less than is kind of the point of eighth grade. Thank you so much. We have a wide range of sources that we call upon, um, and we try to respond to the diverse communities throughout San Francisco. So we may partner with cultural organizations throughout San Francisco. Um, we very much support literary organizations and events such as Litquake that we do annually. Um, we might be promoting an author reading who is on a national book tour. Um, there, there's just a wide range and oftentimes we go out into the community and seek these partnerships um, or they might approach us with an idea for an event or program. As well we have you know, uh, very active uh, community-minded staff throughout the library who have a wealth of resources and ideas at their fingertips, so they often bring ideas, um, and from that we create programs at the Coretta Auditorium. The Mutanavi Street, that was a really great program. That came to us as a lot of events and programs do through our bookseller community. So Bo and our staff worked together um, to bring, bring together poets, writers for a wonderful program. We had over 100 people um, that attended this event in the Corret Auditorium. And from that, um, Bo is continuing to do work toward the Mutanabe Street Project today. On March 5th, 2007, a car bomb was exploded on Mutanabe Street in Baghdad. Mutanabi Street is a mixed Shia-Sunni area. More than 30 people were killed and more than 100 were wounded. This locale is the historic center of Baghdad bookselling, a winding street filled with bookstores and outdoor bookstalls, named after the famous 10th century classical Arab poet Al-Mutanabi. This is an old and established street for bookselling and has been for hundreds of years. Bookselling on Mutanabi Street is no different from bookselling here. We traffic in memory, ideas, and dreams. In that sense, we feel that Mutanabi Street starts at the front door of all of our bookshops. Mutanabi Street starts here. 
And just before the street was eviscerated by a searing phalanx of death and despair, delusion and destruction that destroyed more than those 30 lives, twisted far more than the 100 souls who were bent and crippled amidst its rage. Just before that moment, did you hear the patter, the proclamation, the prayer as they wrangled and stummoned, summoned and swore, laughed and cajoled, denied and affirmed? Did you hear the words as they fell? For a thousand years we have, two thousand years more coffee. What do you think? But this book says map, border, industry, collusion, resistance, truth, spirit, faith, doctrine, domain, love, free, portal, open, wind, cut. Did you hear the euphony of the street like a rainforest of songbirds perched amidst the crinkle and fluttering leaves of their books and newspapers as they addressed, if not solved, defined, if not created, the problems and the promise of tomorrow? Did you hear the explosion, the screech, the howls, the scream? Did you even know? And one last one entitled A Photograph the photograph was of an Iraqi boy on the front page of the New York Times. He sat at the edge of the truck, eight or nine years old, surrounded by his family, his father, mother, and five siblings were asleep. His head was buried in his hands. All the clouds of the world were waiting on the threshold of his eyes. The tall man wiped off the sweat and started digging the seventh grave. For nearly 100 years, there was a quarantine station in the middle of San Francisco's Bay. Chinese and other immigrants were detained and interrogated before being allowed to enter the U.S. In this reading, from the Cheers to Muses anthology, writer Nancy Ohm takes the audience to Angel Island. Four palms trees faced us when we landed. They loomed before us like guardians. To pass the Golden Gate, we told them what they wanted to hear. On this island of desperate dreams, we shed our skins and wore new ones. We burned our parents' names and let our past curl into smoke. No longer my father's daughter. No longer my husband's wife. Only the seagulls know who I really am. For months, we were held in separate rooms. The dampness seeped through the bunks and gnawed our bones. At night, the wails of ghosts kept us awake. We colluded our answers. Thirty-two steps to my father's house, four windows facing north. 24 steps to my uncle's house, two doors facing south. I have three sisters, two brothers, four cousins on my father's side. Now I store the memory in a drawer, along with bitter herbs and rhinoceros horns. We dine at restaurants on the better side of town, with pink tablecloths and real flowers in the vases. We hardly go to Chinatown. He wasn't dragged to death in kind of like a quick, oh, casual sort of way. No, they had fun with his body. They actually chained him to the back of the car, 
did fishtail so that his body would swing across. Forensic evidence suggests that his body came loose at one point, and then some of the men confessed to this, and they rechained him after rolling back over him to get him. Now, most of us have heard about this tragedy, but something that we don't necessarily hear is because dragged to death, we assume he was dragged as Achilles. No, it wasn't Achilles that was dragged. I can't remember who was dragging Gary. Dragged like this, feet that way, chains to the bumper of the truck. But it's not true. He wasn't dragged like that. He was dragged like this. Feet chained to the back of the truck, watching the road behind him as he goes. This poem is called Big Thicket Pastoral, Jasper, Texas. To Big Thicket, a crack is a buck shot. To Big Thicket, crack is a stick broke. Crack, headlights staggering home. The road kills buck. Crack, to Big Thicket, we go, we go to sticks. To stick bucks, hot. Drink, drink, heads light, stagger in the road. Along the trees, along the creek. Crack, stick broke, light kills. We go, we go to Big Thicket, to home on a kill. Buck shot, crack, staggered by the white tits. Headlight, to Big Thicket, buck on each pickup, staggering. What you looking at? The white tits, stick broke, crack, buck broke, crack. The white stick, big thick at, along the trees, along the creek. Drink, staggered, broke, white kill. The buck staggering home, crack. The trees pick up, we go, we go, we go on to Big Thicket. What are you doing here? Buck, stick to home, crack, stick broke. White light, break the trees, break for home, along the road, home, white homing on we, buckshot, crack, 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 we go, we go, gone to big thicket, along the huff creek, the rushes in the drink, hot head whites, what you think you are, buck, it's fist boots bone, crack, a stick broke, buck stick in the rushes, buck back in the rushes, put them back on, put them back on, buck head in the rushes, what you think in the rushes, put them back on, put them back on, to big thicket, we go to huff creek head, hot, we go to head, staggering along the trees, the staggered creek head, the rushes, crack, a stick broke, the creek breaks, the hot light, to big thicket, we go, we go, gone to white huff, to buckshot, to long road home, we go, we go, we gone to big thicket, to huff creek road, of drunk pickups, roadkill staggering bucks, hot, drunk head light, rushes, huff creek road, pickup rushes, drunk and screeching breaks, huff creek road by drunk and screeching whites, what you, what you, what you, what you, to big thicket, we go, we go, gone, crack, is a buckshot, crack, is fist boot bone, crack, the road kills, crack, a broke stick, long the staggering creek, it go, it go, on. Omnibus programs like Mutanabi Street, Litquake, and Cheers to Muses are exciting because they bring authors together to read all at once. But there are times where a special guest has the stage all to themselves. The Samurai's Garden by Gail Sukiyama has become a high school favorite during the past decade. Her appearance brought out a young crowd possibly looking for answers to their next English exam. When Craig Childs brought House of Rain to main stage, the NPR commentator shared photographs from a lost civilization. He was searching for New Mexico's alleged cannibals, the Anasazi. Craig described the first discovery of a hidden chamber. I immediately started for it, climbing hand over hand up the cliff face, feeling an anxious press of revelation as I ascended ledges and cracks. My breath tasted hot with discovery. I had found a secret. In past travels, I had seen many granaries belonging to the Anasazi, but they had all been broken open, emptied by archaeologists, by pot hunters, by erosion, or even perhaps by the residents themselves returning many centuries later. This one had been built so that no stranger would see it, like an attic accessed through a hidden door. 
I entered a gap behind a shadowed rock flake, and there I knelt be beside the structure. It was rectangular, like a cupboard. I touched its face with probing diagnostic fingers, measuring it with my eyes, three feet tall, two feet wide, and three feet deep. I got up on my haunches and lightly dusted off the granary's flat roof, which was undamaged. I licked my lips, feeling their dry chap. Don't be frightened, child, the old woman mumbled. Find the knife and end your misery. Return honor to your family. But at that moment, I knew I didn't have the courage of Tomoko, nor of this woman dying before me. When she reached out toward me, I pushed her back, and she fell to her knees, still crying out for me to end my life, as a wave washed over her. I turned away from her and just began running. I ran and ran away from the beach and all the death and dying. Even now, I don't remember what I was thinking. The greatest honor I could have given my family was that of my death, and I ran from it. I was frightened at not only fulfilling my obligation, not giving code to my parents. Yet there was a voice inside of me that kept telling me to escape. I ran away from Tarumi as if it were the diseased one. At nightfall, I hid among the trees along the stretch of road that now leads to Yamaguchi. It was so cold that first night alone, and I was so hungry. I began to think that maybe death had been, was a better way after all. Main stage started here in this magazine rack. Uh, this is where they put the flyers for the upcoming events that are happening. And I used to walk past this every day, like going to the TV studio. And I'm like, hey, that looks like a good event, or that looks like a fun event. Well, I wish I could go to that. So, hmm, ah, I could make a TV show, and then I could go to these events. Main stage is produced through a private-public partnership coordinated by SSGTV. Library staff set up the shows. Media services gathers the production details and stages the live event. SFGTV brings the equipment and the crew. And the crew is the glue. Main stage is taped and edited by interns. In exchange for class credit and the opportunity to use broadcast equipment, interns have produced 15 hours of original programming during year one of Main Stage. The Corette Auditorium has hosted talented performers who have brought the cultures of the world home to San Francisco. And just like the culture of the Bay Area, these performances are often a fusion of traditions. Master percussionist Lalo Izquierdo explored the historic influence of African music in Peru. And in a modern interpretation, John Carlos Perea creatively combined his Irish and Native American roots to create a unique sound.
de los toques, de la comunicación de los toques, ya se perdieron, pero todavía quedan rasgos. And from some of the sounds that they used to play, that we almost lost all of them, we still have some that he remembers. Como por ejemplo, for instance, ese significa alerta. This means attention, be alert. Something is going to happen. El otro toque. Despierta, levántate. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up, wake up. Y son los toques que se han logrado rescatar, inclusive por intermedio de Ronaldo Campos. And these are some of the, the drumming patterns that have been rescued by Ronaldo Campos, director of Perú Negro Cultural Association.
our most popular streaming video is another expression of Japanese culture. It's a form of comic storytelling that is produced without background scenery, makeup, costumes, or fellow performers. Mainstage recorded a rare English language performance of Rakugo. Anyway, noodles are important. Sometimes noodles are too soft and soggy. They are no good. Noodles should be nice and firm. <laughs> Disgusting again. <laughs> Too soft noodles. That's okay, that's okay. It is good for my stomach. <laughs> oh, it's hard to pick up noodles without breaking them. <laughs> uh, uh, do you use fish cake? Yes? Really? Really? I have been looking for it. <laughs> But I cannot find any. <laughs> Are you sure oh, I got one? Oh, no wonder I could not find it. It is so thin. <laughs> I can see through to over there. <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. Uh, sometimes other noodle shops use sponge cake instead. That is terrible. It is something for a sick person to eat. Oh, mm, mm, oh yes, this is real sponge cake. <laughs> That's okay, that's okay. I am a sick person anyway. <laughs> oh, do I have to eat it all? <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> I'm almost done. <laughs> I gave up eating noodles. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Sometimes notable authors come to main stage and do more than just read passages from their work. They sit in a live conversation with a reporter. Playwright Philip Kahn Butanda discussed the relevancy of his work with one of his theater critics. And as part of the yearly One City, One Book event, author Lalita Tanami fielded questions from KQED FM Scott Schaefer. Before writing the book, of course, you went down to Cane River, to Louisiana, did a lot of research. Um, what kind of reception did you get down there? What kind of obstacles did you find? Well, <laughs> it depends on uh, which decade you're talking about. So I, I did research actually starting in from, from the time I was very small. Uh, and we went back every summer, um, even though I was born here in Berkeley, as a matter of fact, we went back every summer to Louisiana. And I was always interested and did a lot of um, both formal and informal research, starting in the 50s and the 60s. And I will tell you that when I first started that research and a lot of the research that I did in, the, in that time period um, was... Uh, I was largely unaided by any official source. So I would go to the courthouse and I would ask for records and they would not give them to me. Mm. Um, it was just, and it was very clearly, it was very clear that they weren't going to give them to me. Um, what kind of records were you asking for? I was looking for land records. I was looking for records of the Freydews 
And the concept was that there were black freight dues and there were white freight dues. And there just was not going to be much of an acceptance of me setting out to prove that they were commingled, even though everyone knew that they were. I mean, again, very Southern thing. I really wanted to bring up the issue and make it, and make it relevant to contemporary times. He says, you know, doesn't anybody care what happened? I mean, you know, they took away our rights. Doesn't anybody care? Is the Constitution just a piece of paper that means nothing, that the President can sign another piece of paper and then we lose our citizenship and they can do whatever the hell they wanted to us? You know, it's wrong. It was wrong then, it's wrong now, and I don't care what kind of questionnaire it is. I'll sign it, no, no, you know, and I'll, and I'll yell it at the President. I'll yell it at Roosevelt. I'll yell it at, you know, General DeWitt, Earl S. Warren, whoever, you know. It was wrong, and it matters because it, you know, he says, it has to matter. And, and it's, to me, it's, you know, the speech I gave him was in part all just drawn from what's happening, I think, in the country right now uh, in relationship to the war, who is considered patriotic, who is considered a traitor. Um, and, and the point, you know, of a play to me is that it isn't just a museum piece, that in fact it, uh, it does have rele relevancy right now and that it does kind of spark a certain amount of, of uh, controversy in relationship to what goes on now. Twice in the same day, the Corette Auditorium was standing room only. New York Times bestseller Greg Mortison came to talk about his book, Three Cups of Tea. Greg talked about the success of the Pennies for Peace campaign, and he brought photos to share with the packed house. Three Cups of Tea reflects on the value of providing education for the communities of Pakistan and Afghanistan. So I came back to America. I was living in the Bay Area. I was, I was very broke after pay two. I had to raise $12,000. And, you know, I didn't know, I have a clue how to raise money like that. So I went to the local library. Any librarians here? There, there's fella. There's one. And let's all give him a big hand. <laughs> so I went to the library, a thing called a resource librarian. And I talked to her and she said, well, let me help you. We looked up the name of 580 uh, celebrities and movie stars and sports heroes. And over three months, I, I didn't know how to use a computer, so I hand-typed 580 letters. And I wrote, Dear Michael Jordan, Dear Sylvester Stallone, and, and um, it, it, it was a kind of a tedious process. Well, guess what happened? Nothing happened. Then at Christmas time, I got one check back from Tom Brokow, the newscaster, for $100. And then um, I sold my climbing gear. Then I sold my car. I had a big old Buick I inherited from my grandfather. And I sold that for $500 in a little kind of seedy area in Oakland for $500. And by the springtime, I'd only raised about $2,400. I was getting a little frustrated. My mother, who was a principal at Westside Elementary School, she in, in River Falls, Wisconsin, she invited me to come and talk to the kids. When I got ready to leave, a fourth grader named Jeffrey came up to me and he looked me deadpan in the eye and he said, I have a piggy bank at home and I'm going to help you raise money for that school in Pakistan. Well, I didn't think anything of it, and six weeks later, Westside School raised 62,340 pennies. Main stage's loudest performance was by the Detroit natives, the High Strong. 
They electrified the Coret Auditorium with their energetic performance. The concert was a flashback to bands like The Kinks and The Who and TV shows like Hallabaloo. Ladies and gentlemen, the High Strong. this look back at some of the entertaining guests that have graced the stage of the main library. You can watch more highlights from main stage on YouTube and view complete episodes on sfgov.org. Keep watching for more exciting readings, speakers, and performances during the next year. We leave you now with a bonus performance from the High Strung. And a thank you to everybody that made the last season possible.